In a world full of boring stories, bad videos, and marketing misinformation, one very tall man with a weird last name will use his microphone. This thing on. Use his video marketing knowledge. It's the red button, right? And use his friends. Please be on the show. To change that. You are listening to The Garlic Marketing Show with Ian. What? No, that's how you pronounce it. Well, if you say so, your host, Ian Garlic. Are you ready to level up your business using video marketing? Are you sick of getting price shopped, losing an inexperienced local competition, and just getting overall bad leads from the internet that don't understand the value of working with you? Are you a chiropractor, lawyer, doctor, dentist that just feels you're not charging enough for your services and not getting the people and the level of clients and patients that you deserve? Are you ready to become the local authority and drive more pre-sold leads to your business? I'm going to show you how to in a 90-minute training I created to level up your business. And by using these video strategies, we've helped grow businesses from six to seven figures over the past 12 years. And the training is free. Just click on the show notes or go to authenticweb.media slash level up to sign up for the free training. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show. I and Garlic here. And today's guest, we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, his first business, TakingAdvantage.com, he took through 46 baseball parks in 33 states in two and a half months on a road trip while still in college, if I'm correct. Uh, and since then, has gone on found uh, Advantage Forbes books. Yeah, that Forbes. Um, a foremost authority on marketing, and we'll talk about direct response. Adam Witte, thank you so much for being on the show. What, what a great pleasure. You got two marketing nerds, and uh, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to ham it up together. This will be a lot of fun. Yeah, Adam, um, you know, so let's just do a quick overview of what uh, Advantage Forbes Books does for people and so they know what you do. <laughs> yeah, so, so, to, so to make it real simple, we help entrepreneurs and business owners become the authority in their field. Uh, so being a thought leader is really important in business today. Uh, being seen as a celebrity, as an expert, as a authority gives you a tremendous competitive advantage. And the, the dirty little secret is that authority can be manufactured, meaning you have to know your stuff, but assuming you do, uh, creating authority is a very deliberate process. Uh, it is a strategic and systematic process that you can follow to create authority for yourself and, and for your business. And so our company does just that for really busy entrepreneurs and professionals. Uh, the core of our business and the origins of our business started in book publishing. We help busy entrepreneurs and CEOs write and publish books that help them build authority and thought leadership on whatever topic it is that they might be an expert at. And then from that, that publishing business and, and our Advantage Forbes Books business, we'll publish uh, about 300 books this year wow. and have over 1,300 authors around the world that, that we have published for. Uh, in addition to Advantage Forbes Books, we have a marketing agency 
which is called the Authority Institute. And that marketing agency specifically works with uh, our authors to create and run authority marketing campaigns for, for those professionals. We have a PR and media business uh, called News and Experts. We get uh, people onto TV, we get them on radio, we get them interviewed in newspapers and magazines. Um, and then we also have a speaker marketing company uh, with Forbes, uh, which is Forbes Speakers. And then uh, to, to allude to the direct response marketing, of course, you and I, uh, both both lovers of that, the kind of the, the the grandfather, I guess, or or the father of the godfather. <laughs> the godfather. Godfather is better, right? Yeah, godfather. <laughs> I don't think you would like it if I referred to him as the grandfather. <laughs> the, the godfather of of direct response marketing, really for modern day business owners and entrepreneurs, is is a guy named Dan Kennedy. And uh, so we own uh, the company that Dan Kennedy founded. It's called No BS Inner Circle. Uh, it's one of the largest marketing training companies in the world uh, that specifically teaches direct response marketing to entrepreneurs and business owners. And, and that is the No BS Inner Circle. So the Advantage family of businesses and brands is really all focused on one idea, which is helping entrepreneurs grow their business. Uh, whether that's growing through books, whether that's going through authority marketing, whether that's go- growing through uh, utilizing direct response marketing in your business, uh, it's all focused on this idea of helping entrepreneurs grow. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's a great mission. I, I love your stuff um, and love what you're doing. And I love the fact, you know, we talk about direct response and I, I try and hit this home with every business owner, but I feel like direct response and authority are two things that everyone needs and especially more the, the, these days than ever before because there's just so much information out there and so many so much you know noise that you can't get away with just a branding campaign and i want to talk about that later but let's talk about the authority piece first um you know what you know for a small business person they're like i, I don't want to be an authority i don't want you know i don't want to spend this time this money to become an authority what do you say to those people? Because I, I feel like there's a lot of people out there that think that their job isn't marketing. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a great place to start. So when somebody says, I don't want to be an authority, I say, great. So you don't want to grow your business because, because that is actually the truth. Um, now, what you said is an even bigger problem, and that is that most small business owners, most burgeoning entrepreneurs, um, they don't think that they're really in the marketing business. And, mm-hmm. and the truth is, anybody that owns a business, your number one responsibility is to acquire new customers and to keep the customers you already have. And, and if you think you can simply delegate that job to somebody else, you're mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the number one job of the entrepreneur is to bring new customers into the business and to make sure that you're keeping the ones that you already have. Because here's the deal. You and I both know this, that that if you don't have customers that are coming into your business and paying for your products or services, well, guess what, Bubba? You don't got a business. So it's really fun to think about all the other things. But if you don't have customers coming in (laughs) and, you know, paying for your products and services, then then there's no business. So, yeah, this whole idea of you really are in the marketing business your, your, your job is to market your business, not to run your business. Um, th- that is the number one thing. 
when it comes to authority, I, I, I think there's something that's really important to mention, and that is that, you know, as, as kids, uh, we received a lot of positive programming from our parents and, and from society, and we probably received a lot of negative programming from our parents and, and from society. You know, all with good intention, but but with lots of harm long term down the road. And, and the reason I bring this up is, you know, as a kid, uh, at least I know I was, and you probably were too. You know, our our parents really taught us that that we shouldn't be showboats, uh, we shouldn't be braggarts, uh, we shouldn't try to overtly call attention to ourselves. We should be respectful. We should mind our manners, um, and. And being the class clown, being the person that was trying to get attention, um, was seen as a negative thing. And and so because of that, when you talk about authority marketing, and essentially to say to somebody, look, you are going to proactively try to get attention for yourself. Uh, that programming that came to us as little kids comes back to haunt us, which is, you know, no, that 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 seems wrong. I don't want to do that. And and then if you crank it up a notch, there's also this feeling of guilt. And that is the, the story that people play in their mind is what happens if people find out that I'm an imposter? What happens if people find out that I really don't know as much as I say that I know? Um, and, and this feeling of almost being seen as a fraud, which, which of course you and I know is both head trash, mm-hmm. baloney, but, but we all have negative system loops playing in our head. Um, this idea that, you know, I really don't know as much as I think, you know, what happens if people think or find that I'm a fraud? You know, mom always said I shouldn't be a braggart and I shouldn't be a showboat. And everything you're talking about with authority marketing seems like it's violating that. Well, here's the deal. Unless you can get out of your own way, your business isn't going to grow. And you and I both know that if you don't embrace authority marketing, it's only a matter of time before your competitor does. And, and I say to the entrepreneur and business owner, why in the world uh, are you going to give uh, your competitor that opportunity? Why in the world are you going to leave it to chance? So in this day and age, in 2018, uh, authority marketing is something that is really a must, uh, not just a nice to do. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, you're so dead on and that head trash gets in people's ways. And I've seen it, you know, working with attorneys, working with doctors, working chiropractors, everyone wants to like punt the, this authority piece. They don't want it. And then occasionally someone will take control, but, but they also want to like delegate it all off their plate and it's, it doesn't happen. I mean, have you ever seen someone break through and grow a big business without this, without being, you know, without understanding marketing, without having some grasp of marketing and control of marketing? Well, I mean, look, it, so, so let's talk about some really big companies that everybody would know. Yeah. And, and keep in mind that these companies all started like in a garage or a basement. So at one point they were really small companies. Mm-hmm. Um, so the most valuable company in the world is Apple. Mm-hmm. Well, there's one thing that Steve Jobs did not delegate, and that was marketing. Uh, I, people probably don't know this, yep. but Steve Jobs 
until he died, chaired the weekly marketing meeting for Apple every single week. I didn't know that. He, he would rather um, abdicate as CEO before marketing, right? So, um, so, so here you go. At, Steve Jobs knew that most and foremost, he was in the business of shaping consumer perception because that was going to help grow his company the most. Um, you look at um, Southwest Airlines. Mm -hmm. I, I'm going to guess everybody uh, listening to this podcast is sort of Southwest Airlines. So the, the co-founder of the company is a guy named Herb Kelleher. Herb Kelleher is quite a character. Uh, Herb Kelleher chain smokes and drinks wild turkey and water. And he once arm wrestled a competitor uh, for rights to use a trademark, uh, <laughs> which, of course, was all a big marketing stunt. Um, in the early days of Southwest, um, they couldn't compete on price. So if you booked a round trip ticket from Dallas to Houston on Southwest, they would give you your choice of a uh, of a handle of wild turkey or maker's mark. So, <laughs> so for a period of time, they were the largest distributor of booze in the state of Texas. Wow. <laughs> um, and, and so like Herb Kelleher, what was he? He was a marketing guy, right? He understood fundamentally what marketing is. And, you know, I'll, I'll share just one more example. Um, you know, whether you love him or you hate him doesn't negate the fact that this is a perfect example to illustrate a point. The president of the United States, mm -hmm. Donald Trump, right? There are plenty of billionaires that have run for president before, okay? That is not a new phenomenon, but, but Trump was more than a billionaire businessman. He was a authority and a celebrity. And if you go back and look at Trump, in, in fact, if you read Trump's book, The Art of the Deal, which was written in 1987, what you will find is that really for the last 30 years, he has been running for president. I mean, he has strategically and systematically, brick by brick, over the last 30 years, uh, taken painstaking efforts to craft and create a narrative of him that, that he wanted. And, you know, of course, all of, his, all of his opponents think that he's a moron, yet he keeps winning and he keeps making them the, 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 you know, the, the losers. And if you trace it all back, I mean, Trump is a perfect case study of authority marketing and, and candidly, the power of authority marketing. So, you know, wh whether it's Steve Jobs and Apple or Herb Kelleher of Southwest or, or you know, Donald Trump and, of course, his company, the Trump Organization, and now as the leader of the free world, um, at the end of the day, I am convinced, and the case studies bear this out, there have been very few examples over time um, where a company gets massive in size and the founder or CEO uh, pays no attention or has no interest in this whole topic of marketing. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, one of your mentors, right, is uh, Alan Mulally from Ford, right? And he's he's an engineering background, comes into Ford and Ford's this big brand. Uh, did how involved was he in, in the marketing of Ford? Oh, well, you know, so he was the face of Ford, right? Mm -hmm. So for, for eight years, he was the guy doing all the press conferences. He was the guy doing all the media. 
He was the guy interacting with the dealers. He told me, um, it, was, it was funny. He, he and I, um, he and I played golf and I'm a terrible golfer <laughs> and he's a really good golfer. And I said to him, I said, Alan, gotta ask like you were the ceo of the seventh largest company in the world how in the world did you have so much time to play golf and he said adam you know my job was salesman and marketer in chief of ford and what that means is that i traveled all around the country working with dealers and working with our partners and it just so happens they all love to play golf so i could get more business done playing around a golf with a group of dealers or a group of partners than I could just sitting in a board meeting. And he said, that's why I play golf is because it was actually, you know, germane to the success of the business. And, you know, when you look at what Alan did, you know, it may not have been him doing it, but, but he was pulling the strings where you could see that the heavy hand, and, and I use that word in a very positive way, but you could see the heavy hand that he took in working with the head of marketing to really recraft the image um, of Ford. And, and the last thing I'll say is, is if you don't think that Alan Mulally is the marketer-in-chief, then when he strategically made the decision, I am going to finance the company and pay for this turnaround, and oh, by the way, because we finance the company and we have this money, we don't have to request a government bailout. Uh, let me tell you what, that was the most brilliant marketing decision of all time mm-hmm. because Ford's sales shot through the roof because a lot of people really felt like, hey, I'm not going to go buy a Chevy. I'm not going to go buy a Jeep or a Dodge because they are sucking off the government. You know what? <laughs> I'm going to go buy a car from the only company that didn't have to take a bailout. Yeah. Yeah, it was brilliant, brilliant movement, and and that's fantastic. So you know these and some people, small business owners, might be saying now, well, these guys have time to market, they have time to to be doing this stuff. I I don't have time. I don't have time because I'm busy learning this, how to become a better attorney. I'm learning. I'm going to my CLEs. I'm going, you know, learning the latest prescriptions to 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 put out as a doctor, you know, I I don't have time to understand this. I just want to pay someone and not pay attention to it, you know, because this, those guys, Alan and all those guys had, you know, that was their, their job. So they had plenty of time because all they're doing is playing golf. (laughs) <laughs> what do you say to those guys? Because, I mean, I, you're helping small business. I mean, you're primarily helping mm-hmm. small businesses, right? I'm sure you hear that all the time. Well, yeah. So, so we're serving a lot of the same people, and we've had tons of doctors and attorneys and financial advisors work with us over the years. And and what I would say to that, and I hear it all the time too, is that you have to make a fundamental decision. And the decision is – do you want to be a doctor? Do you want to be a lawyer? Or do you want to be the CEO of a medical company? Uh, do you want to be the CEO of a law firm? Because if your interest is being the best lawyer that you can possibly be, then you will always have the excuse of, I could spend an hour on marketing or I could spend an hour on being a better lawyer. I'd rather spend an hour being a better lawyer. Well, well, that's fine, but you need to make that decision consciously, and then you need to take action 
to bring in a CEO who understands marketing to actually run your business um, because you can't have it both ways. I mean, you know, you know, Dan Kennedy likes to ask the question, are you a marketer of your thing or are you a doer of your thing? And, and if the answer is I would rather be a doer of my thing, whether it's I would rather, you know, work on people's financial plan or I would rather try cases or I would rather see patients every single day. If you'd rather be a doer of your thing, then you sure as heck better hire a really great marketer of your thing. And, and that marketer of your thing probably also needs to be running the whole thing, mm-hmm. which, which is, you know, the, the CEO. Um, what, what, what I find at least is that, you know, when, when you put it that way, um, it forces people to make a hard decision. And really, uh, if they think about it and are honest with themselves, what they'll find is that, you know, hey, the, the reason I got into business for myself was one of two things. Uh, path A is I really wanted to become independently uh, wealthy. I wanted to become financially independent. I wanted to have control over my own destiny. And I really wanted to create a business. So if it's those people, uh, they usually come to peace pretty quickly with, okay, yeah, you're right. I need to become a CEO of a medical company or a medical practice, and I need to go hire doctors. If the reason you got into business on your own was because you thought that your boss was an idiot (laughs) and you were tired of putting up with him or her, so you just hang your own shingle, then one of two things needs to happen. Either A, you just have to make peace with this idea that you're always going to be a tiny little ant in the grand scheme of things and be okay with it. And you may struggle with getting new customers into your practice or your firm, and you got to be okay with it. Or you make peace by saying, you're right, I want to be a lawyer, so let me go out and hire a CEO of my law firm and make it their mission to grow the firm and make sure they're compensated in a way where they uh, are rewarded very well if they're able to grow it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's a really good point. And I, actually, I've never heard anyone put it that way because it, it, it is a valid point. And if, if you're going to straddle those two, you, you're not going to get anything done. Um, and it, it, what I hear, too, it's really funny when I talk to people, they, there's still this association that being better at your doing your business will market your business. They're like, well, that guy's not a better attorney than me. Why is he getting all the business? <laughs> like it's marketing. It's well, <laughs> it, it, exactly. So, so, you know, it, th- this is directly related to authority marketing. Mm-hmm. So, um, Dan Kennedy likes to say, uh, the higher up in income you go, the more you are paid for who you are rather than what you do. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I'll give you a great example. And, and there's tons of them, right? So, um, so there was a, an attorney many years ago, trial attorney named Johnny Cochran. Everybody knows who Johnny Cochran is. And of course, Johnny Cochran was made famous uh, primarily by the O.J. Simpson case. Well, look, Johnny Cochran was a good lawyer. There's no doubt about that. But there's a lot of good lawyers. 
tons of good lawyers. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, there are plenty of lawyers that had uh, more education, more experience, more credentials than Johnny Cochran did. But the very best cases in the world in criminal defense, they all came to him first. And so he literally cherry-picked the, the few cases that he wanted, and then everything else he just referred off to other people. So, you know, why is it that a guy who maybe isn't the smartest, who isn't maybe the most well-credentialed, was making the most money? Because the higher up you go in the totem pole, people don't really care how much you know. They care about who you are. What is your authority position? What books have you written? What TV shows have you been on? Where have you spoken? What influence do you have, right? And, and so that's where, you know, focusing on marketing, focusing on, the, on crafting the perception that people have about you, focusing on authority is actually really important work that in most cases should not be delegated to you know, the marketing department or should not be delegated to some, you know, marketing intern or some, (laughs) you know, assistant who's in your business who also has the title of marketing. (laughs) Yeah, I know. And we run into those all the time, right? Where it's like, oh, my niece knows Facebook. I'm going to hire her to be my Facebook expert. Happens all the time. And it's and then the, then they're like, well, Facebook doesn't work, <laughs> right? Because right. their niece, who self-taught herself in two months on Facebook, uh, didn't succeed for you. So that means uh, Facebook doesn't work. No, your niece doesn't work. It's not that Facebook doesn't work. Or yeah, or even if she has a degree in marketing, I mean, no offense to our university system, but that degree in marketing, there's no way that someone's educating well on what works, especially direct response, if they're educating inside the university system because they haven't been out there doing it. That's so, exactly right. I mean, because it, it's just, it's, it's, yeah, I won't even get into that. But coming back to this piece of authority marketing, you know, you're publishing books. And I think, obviously, that's a fantastic way to do it. You yourself have written how many books? Seven books, was Seven it? Books. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Um, how do you make a book? You know, because there's there's probably an uh, attorney out here thinking like, oh, I can write a book. I've written a book, but it's done nothing for me. What's the key to making a book an authority piece that helps grow your business? Well, the first thing is the book that you create has to look as good and read as good as any you would find on the front table of Barnes and Noble. And, and that's an important fact. Because as you just mentioned, there's tons of people that are like, oh, I, I wrote a book, and it didn't do anything for me. Well, no, no you, you wrote a pamphlet <laughs> that looked like it. Um, so if you want to truly create a marketing asset, you know, if you want to create a book that is truly a marketing asset, then it's got to look the part. So walk into a Barnes & Noble and look at all the books that are sitting on the very front table when you walk in the store. Your book has to look that good. And then when somebody opens it up to read it, it has to read that good. Now, that doesn't mean that the book's going to win a Pulitzer Prize. That's not what I'm talking about. But it's got to be well-written. It's got to be well-edited. It's got to be really coherent. Because if your book is a credibility-building tool, 
Well, if it looks self-published, it doesn't really do anything to build credibility. In, in fact, it could erode your credibility because anybody can do that. What makes you so special, right? So that's the first thing that I'll tell you is that if you're going to create a book, you got to make sure you do it really well. Uh, because if not, then don't do it. The, the second thing that I'll tell you is that when it comes to creating a book, um, you really have to be deliberate of what is the problem that you are solving for your target customer. Um, many people write books that they want to write, meaning it's an interest, it's a topic of interest, it's a passion project, et cetera, et cetera. And then they're always disappointed that the book didn't really do anything to get them new customers. And I was like, well, you know, your, your customers are people that have just had a DUI. Uh, and, and you wrote a leadership book. Well, shocking to me that there isn't a correlation, right? Mm -hmm. so, so you've got to say, okay, who is my target customer? Uh, and, and, you know, we say, what is your, the, the word that we use, this kind of marketing term is, you know, what is your customer avatar? So if I said, describe your ideal customer, well, describe your ideal customer. Uh, you know, how old are they? Is it primarily a male or is it a female? Uh, what kind of education do they have? What kind of professional experience do they have? What are their hobbies? You know, if I even said, you know, if they go into the voting booth, are they going to vote Republican or Democrat? You know, you should probably know that. It doesn't mean that you don't have people on both sides, but, but again, who is your ideal customer, right? So the more specific you can be in knowing who your ideal customer is, the easier it is to create the marketing. So, okay, we know who our ideal customers. Then the next question is, what keeps them awake at night? And how is it that your company can help them sleep more easily? Once we know the answer to those two questions, now we can create a book that helps solve their problems. So if you know who your target customer is and you know what keeps them up at, up at night, and you can create a book that has a solution to the problem that keeps them up at night. You now have a book that is, that is a productive lead generation magnet for you. And that is now instead of, instead of marketing your business, you can market your book. Because the first thing that you want a prospective patient, client, or customer to do is request a copy of your free book. Once they get the book, it builds your credibility. They see that you're a who. They see that you really know what you're talking about. And now we say, okay, you know, whether it's request a free appointment to come into the office or to request a discovery call or a diagnosis call, you use the book as the, as the lead generation tool. So uh, I just gave you a lot there, but, mm -hmm. but, but if you pay attention to those couple of things, uh, you can make a book a whole lot more productive for you and for your business. Yeah. I mean, and, and it, it definitely makes you authority, but like um, once you've, you know, I'd love to have you back sometime and talk about speaker and speaking because it also makes it, it increases the chance of you speaking. And when you speak, I mean, I know every time I speak, you know, it just, the phones ring, right? Oh, absolutely. And, uh, well, yeah. it, it, and, and look, I mean, so, so that's the really neat thing about a book is, it, is if you do the book right, 
the book then becomes this platform. And now you can use the book to get speaking engagements. And now you can use the book to get PR and media. So you can use the book to get you know, radio interviews and television interviews and, and newspaper and magazine interviews. Because the, the one thing you need to know about the media, the media are not in the business of promoting companies. Uh, in, in fact, it's antithetical to their mission. Mm-hmm. The, the media are in the business of sharing stories uh, and finding stories that attract eyeballs. And promoting a business typically ain't the way to do it. So once you realize that the media is not interested in trying to promote your business, then you will change the tact that you take with the media. And, of course, the media want to talk to experts. And when you write a book on something, you are seen as an expert. And, yes, oh, by the way, it's very common that the media love to talk about new books that have just come out. So to the point that you just made, yeah, once you have the book, you create this phenomenal platform for speaking, for PR and media, for lead generation, which, which we talked about you know, just a minute ago. Um, it, it really becomes this phenomenal foundation that you can build all of these other marketing things around. Yeah. And, and OK, so the other marketing things we talked to, we touched a little on direct response trying to drive this home but where now does direct response fit in with a a personal injury attorney or you know an attorney or you know a chiropractor where does that fit into their book and where does it fit into their branding yeah great question so so first of all let's talk about direct response for a second Mm -hmm. so so the the issue that most people have with direct response is it's not pretty or they, they think it's not pretty um, and it doesn't seem like kind of corporate, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like call now, you know, seems a little in your face for most people. And, and now this goes back to the head trash, okay? So if you graduated from medical school, if you graduated from law school, if you have your CFP, which is your certified financial uh, planner designation, um, they didn't teach you any of this marketing stuff in school. So we're taking advice from our professors in med school or law school or, you know, the CFP advisory exam that we had to take. We're taking our marketing advice from from them. So, you you know, it's basically like you're taking your advice on how to get rich from people that aren't rich. Okay, well, that doesn't seem very smart. (laughs) So so there is this sense that a direct response is kind of tacky. It's kind of ugly. It's kind of uncouth. And, uh, you know, most attorneys and most doctors, you know, open up an ad, open up a magazine, and there's an ad for a, a, a medical office. Well, what does it have? It has all the doctors smiling right in front of the sign in the lobby, and it has an address, and it has a phone number, and it has their logo. Well, great. <laughs> what, is, what, what does that do to elicit response? Nothing. If, on the other hand, you have an ad that says, are you suffering from dot, 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 call now to request a free book, which tells you everything you need to know to overcome this. Uh, Only 25 copies 
you know, left. So call today. Well, that's pretty hard hitting. It's directly talking to the person that has the problem that you want to get in front of. However, it's not pretty. It's not corporate. And it seems a little in your face, right? Well, every other doctor is going to have a problem with it. Now, one is they're going to say, well, it's uncouth. It, it belittles our profession. <laughs> well, again, why are we taking advice from them? Because they don't know squat about marketing. And they're probably broke. So, so the reason I think why most people don't do direct response is, number one, they don't know enough about marketing. I mean, look, there, there's people on this podcast, unfortunately, that probably don't even know, well, what the hell is direct response marketing? Um, so, so, so that's the first thing is there's people that just don't know what marketing is. The second thing is if you're in a profession, I guarantee you, you were not taught about it in medical school or in law school or any other professional education that you've had. Uh, and number three, um, the other thing is that, that, that you know, with, with non-direct response marketing, there's no accountability. So when there's no accountability, well, you know, who cares if it didn't work? At least it's not anybody's fault. Yep. <laughs> um, so, so with direct response marketing and, you know, Dan Kennedy is probably one of the best teachers of it in the world. And, yep. um, his, his third edition of no BS, I think it's called no BS, uh, direct marketing for non-direct marketing businesses. Um, it's a really good book. Uh, just, you know, go to Amazon and type in Dan Kennedy and it's, I think it's no BS direct marketing for non-direct response marketing businesses. Yeah. Th this book will kind of give you the primer of, of what you need to know. But, but here's the great thing about direct response. Number one is it gets you in front of the people uh, that actually have the capacity to do business with you. Number two, you can measure every dollar you spent. So unlike traditional marketing where it's like, well, did it work? Well, I don't really know. I kind of, <laughs> kind of felt like it worked, but mm, I don't know. Maybe it did. Maybe it did. You know, with direct response marketing, every dollar can be tracked because every ad that you run, whether online or offline, there is a direct call to action. And that direct call to action is request a free book, uh, you know, watch this video, call for an appointment. And you're giving them a phone number, you're giving them a website, uh, you're giving them perhaps a phone number that they can send a text message to. There's myriad ways that people can respond, but you can track and you can say, okay, we ran this ad for our dental office in Greater Orlando Lifestyle Magazine. And the ad that we ran in the May issue, 13 people called and requested the free book. And of the 13 people that we mailed the book to, four of them came in for an appointment and two of them became patients. Okay, well, we know that the average patient is worth $5,000 a year to our practice. So that ad, which only cost us $2,000 to run, generated $10,000 in new business. So now when I say to the doctor, should we run the ad again? It's a pretty easy decision. Of course we should run the ad again because I spent 2000 and I got 10000 in return. Now, you got to keep tracking it because the month of June, if the ad doesn't pull as well, then you got to know those numbers. The ad might pull better. So uh, you and I could talk about this for hours and I know mm -hmm. we don't have time. But, but <laughs> the, impor I mean, the importance of 
understanding direct response, especially for a small business that just doesn't have unlimited dollars to spend on marketing, is so powerful and so profound. And when you truly understand the principles of direct response and you truly can measure every dollar that you spend, it is an empowering uh, act that, that you as the CEO and entrepreneur now have because you know what works and you know what, what doesn't. Yeah, and when you combine – what I love about what we've talked about today is because the power of combining authority and direct response. When someone – not only do you have a consistent amount of leads, but you have someone walking through a door who knows who you are already. And you're an authority to them. They, they'll close faster. They'll spend more with you. They'll, they'll push back less, right? <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, I wrote the book. Do you want to – you know, are you the authority or am I? Um, and there, there's this little key thing that I think gets away, but when you are the authority, you're actually educating a person on your methodology. And so when they go to your competition, they're like, well, you know, Adam wrote this book on this. Why aren't you doing this this way? So, you know, and I love all that put together and I know I've seen it transform businesses and people are like, wow, people walk through and they know who I am. We do it with video. You know, they, they walk through and they feel like they know who I am and they, and they believe me, man. And, and you, I mean, tell me how many businesses have you guys helped grow? <laughs> uh, so, so, um, so no BS in our circle, uh, has helped. Uh, in its 25 years. And so, so the No BS Inner Circle uh, was founded by Dan Kennedy in 1993. Um, 96,000 members uh, in 70 countries on six continents they have touched. Uh, the number of unique industries uh, of members that have had success using um, Dan Kennedy's principles, which, which are really well known through something called magnetic marketing. That's a famous product that he created many years ago, magnetic marketing, um, hundreds of industries, 96,000 members, uh, our advantage Forbes books business is 1300 CEOs in, in 40 States and 13 countries. Um, the bottom line is like, look, this stuff works. It's different. It's unique. It puts you in a category of one and, when you use authority marketing, uh, it will increase the response rate of the direct response marketing that you do, right? Because somebody's much more likely to uh, respond when they see you as a person of significance than if you're just another lawyer, just another doctor, just another chiropractor. So authority marketing will increase the results that you get in all of the direct response marketing that you do, the, the two really support each other very, very well and, and go hand in hand together. Yes. And so, you know, I, I know you got to go, but I, if someone wants to get a hold of Adam Whitty and pick your brain and actually start doing these things, and I hate to say pick your brain because I don't want someone dabbling with you. I want someone taking action. They want to uh, talk to you. They go to ForbesBooks.com. They can talk about a book. Is that the best way to get a hold of you? I know you said they could also email you. Yeah, so so ForbesBooks.com, you can learn a whole lot more about our publishing business uh, and also our marketing business. Uh, and then, um, you know, you and I talked a lot about direct response marketing. Dan Kennedy is the guy. Um, his company uh, that, that, that is a part of the Advantage family uh, is the No BS Inner Circle. And um, that is nobsinnercircle.com. And um, 
they have a Dan Kennedy writes a monthly marketing newsletter. It's called the No BS Marketing Letter. It's a phenomenal marketing newsletter for growing businesses. Um, you can go to that website and learn more about that. And then, yeah, for anybody that um, wants to contact me directly, uh, I'm happy to help you in any way. Uh, you can email me directly at awitty. So it's uh, my first initial and my last name, A-W-I-T-T-Y, at Advantage. Uh, www.com. So that stands for Advantage Worldwide, AdvantageWW.com. Awesome. Adam, that's such a generous offer. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a lot of fun. You're welcome. This was, uh, this was so cool. And uh, to all the listeners, uh, go forth and grow and prosper and, uh, and, 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 and make us entrepreneurs uh, all look good in the process. Yeah, and make sure that you take hold of your marketing, uh, just like Adam said. Reach out to him. And uh, thank you all for listening. It's been Ian Garlic and Adam Witte, and thanks for taking us on your journey. If you haven't signed up already, make sure to sign up for the free training. It's free for a limited time, the Level Up Video Marketing Training. Really take your business to the next level. Just go to authenticweb.media slash level up or click on the show notes and there will be a link right there. I look forward to seeing you in the training and look forward to seeing you level up your business. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook.